everyone this is discussing who and on this episode we are going to be reviewing the 2006 christmas special of doctor who the runaway bride and who are we well i am kyle jones and joining me is someone who i met up with ran into however you want to call it lee shackleford hi guys good to be back good to talk to you after seeing you unexpectedly sort of kind of uh, the other day. So weird that we both ended up in Birmingham at the same time. So. <laughs> yes, at the same time, in the same place, in the same decade even. <laughs> exactly. So so Clarence, I just want you to know that you have an honorary chair in your name. Did he not? That's true. I was just about to say that. We had, we had three chairs in the hotel room, so we pulled up the empty one and said, that's Clarence. Ah, so. My ghost was in attendance. Your mm-hmm. ghost was in attendance. That's indeed. all we said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes. It's really a Cyberman. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just for two minutes though, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. But seriously, we did have a, uh, we did have a, um, chair in your honor. And, <laughs> uh, Lee and I actually recorded, I've yet to work the audio yet, but we actually recorded quite a fun conversation talking about, uh, the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Yeah. That mm-hmm. one. Fun indeed, fun indeed. So, um, what uh, else brought you to other than knowing I was in the area and wanting to see me? Of course. So, what <laughs> yeah. other things had brought you to Birmingham that weekend? Well, that was the main thing, of course. Uh, I'm directing my tour group, and uh, so which should go out on the road very soon for the University of Alabama at Birmingham. So that, that's uh, always something I enjoy doing. And it was also the Sidewalk Film Festival, which is a week long festival of all kinds of films. And I got to try, thanks to Sidewalk, a total uh, VR experience before, which is probably old news to everybody else, but it's, it was my first time doing it. And um, wow. So what was the experience that you tried? Do you remember? Um, well, I, I actually um, uh, bought enough time uh, in, the, in the facility that I could do a bunch of different things. Oh, so okay. I saw several different films and some of them were just sort of landscapes to play around in. But I saw a documentary about the flooding of the Ganges, believe it or not. Oh, wow. And it was completely immersive. So I have been <laughs> in this group of Indian farmers whose, you know, whose farmland has been completely wiped out because Nepal is melting and, you know, and I and I, I came away from that convinced this is the way to get people interested in a cause is drop them in the middle of it through virtual reality. Because um, I came away feeling very, very deeply moved by what I had seen, and I'm not sure if it had been you know just uh, in a rectangle projected somewhere, I would have felt quite the same way. But everywhere I turned, of course, I could see these people around me. I was I was there with them. It's eh, very interesting, very interesting application of technology. So anyway, cool beans, cool beans. Yeah. Well, for the gentleman who we are glad is not occupying an empty chair tonight, we've got <laughs> the person in the chair, 
Clarence Brown, welcome back, my friend. I'm just a ghost. Carry on. I'm just a ghost. Okay. All right, well, <laughs> it's really a Cyberman. Okay, well, Mr. Cyberman, I have a question for you. Since Mr. Shackelford has done the VR, I'm pretty sure you've done that too, right? Yes, that's correct. So does that leaves me as the only person who's never had the first VR experience? Ah, so but I'm gu- I'm guessing that you've played games with the with the head with the head uh, with the headset on, right? Are you talking about uh, me or Clarence? Clarence. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. I play games. Uh, the games can be very uh, off-putting. A lot of people have um, dizziness because uh-huh. of some of the uh, – uh, they, they, and they've improved on it. It's because of the frame rate and the draw yes. distance and things like that. They can kind of throw you off and make you a little queasy. But uh-huh. over the last few years, they've gone to, uh, in strides to improve the technology, make the refresh rate faster, and make it a more palatable experience for the masses. So, in the next in the next five years, I'm hoping VR takes off. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Well, my understanding is that the the primary market really for the technology is uh, porn. So, <laughs> which just means nothing about the internet has changed. <laughs> yeah, leading that technology exactly. Uh, that's, so, that's, that, that's what porn does for us. There you go. <laughs> Well, my dad used to say about the Internet, and and he was a civil engineer. He would say, well, you know, when you build a highway, you do build the gutters first. Ah, yes. So, anyway. But, you know, uh, that's been around, and you're so right. That's been around since the beginning. Uh, You know, even before video, you still had other things that were on the Internet. So, uh, yeah. So, well, hey, if it if it advances technology and like you said, the highways have to have the gutters, then <laughs> so be it. That's a that's a good way of looking at it. But, there you go. But anyway. something. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do another podcast where we just talk about VR because now I'm all about it. And I just I just haven't been interested <laughs> in wanting to play the games, partly because I'm not a gamer, and also because I had heard all the horror stories from people about the headaches and about the you know the, the stuttering and all that stuff yeah and and i did experience some things where the the you could tell that the the refresh rate was behind it i could understand that would drive you bananas no oh, yeah very yes, quickly indeed. so anyway, so i but, have um, but that's not what we're here to talk about no no but but a good conversation nonetheless mm. right well you asked well, that's true. Good point. So, and if you guys don't have anything else, why don't we get into the news? Yes. All right. So, Mr. Shackelford, you shared something with us the other day that I'm still trying to wrap my head around because I'm not sure if it was true, if it was right, if if it was wrong. So, you want to elaborate on that uh, article that you showed about it? A date. Yeah, I'm, I'm still puzzling over this too, and it may all, you know, by the time we we air here, it may all be. Uh, but um, Jody Whitaker was sharing on social media a, uh, a photo that I guess she had taken of a newspaper or you know um, weekly magazine, and it has um, uh, some some upcoming TV shows, uh, things to look out for, and one of them, the the listing says Doctor Who. Doctor Who? Question mark. A woman doctor. That's who. Jody Whittaker stars in the new series. BBC One, September twenty third, hmm. which is a month ahead of what we had been told previously. So, if that's what that means, but I, I, yeah. So I was just, I was just sharing it with the, <laughs> sharing it with you guys, saying, what do you make of this? What? So, Clarence, what do you think? Curious. 
I don't know. I think the description jumped out me jumped out at me more than the date. <laughs> so, so curious, what about the description? Because it did me too, and I'm curious if we thought the same thing. No, uh, well, I think it's pretty obvious. So, a woman doctor, you know, that's you know, it's so on the nose there. And I really didn't. I mean, of course, this is a third party newspaper printing up, you know, a description. Uh, hopefully, it's a third party description. For, <laughs> this for isn't this. something from the BBC. No? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But but it's a little on the nose there, and I didn't really expect to see that verbiage in 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 uh, description of the show. It just felt funny to me. Yeah, that's that was me too. Uh, I kind of had the same feeling that it was just something funny about it, and I was couldn't help but wondering: is this a we assume? And we want it here sooner. We, could it have been nothing more than Jody Whitaker looking at it and saying, "Oh, someone is um, airing something that maybe not on the BBC, just talking about the BBC show," and took a picture of it and shared it, and then we've speculated about it. That's like we're what doing. I, yeah, I, I wondered that too. Is this some kind of a special program in which they'll be talking about the upcoming season? Correct. But it has the title on it, Doctor Who. But a question says, mark. Yeah. Well, I mean, but the the question mark in the title has always been has always been there. It's just unspoken. <laughs> really? So yeah. Are you sh- okay? All right. I learned something then. I didn't know that. Well, I, I think so. I mean, the first time the phrase "Doctor Who" gets said is in the second episode, right? Right. Because, right. Right. But no, I'm talking he, about because, though in because the, Ian calls him Doctor Foreman and he says Doctor Who. Right. No, I get that. I mean, but what I'm talking about. I always about, thought that's why the show is called that. No, no, no. I get that part, but I'm talking about we don't like actively see that in the, um, you know, credits of it's going to be airing. You know, it's not if you turn on Comcast or Time Warner or whatever and you see it in the display, you don't see Doctor Who question mark. No, but I I have to assume that this is somebody who doesn't know much about the show and assumes that the readers of this newspaper or magazine, that they're not really familiar with the show either. Good point. I think this is very mass market. And it's saying, you know, and if you are familiar with the show, here's why you should care about the fact the series is starting again. The lead is going to be a woman. Mm-hmm. Jodie Whittaker stars in the new series, September 23rd. So I'm going to take it. That's one. how I read it. All right. So let's forget for a moment the question mark. September the 23rd is on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. So there's been rumors that we're moving from Saturday to Sunday. So my question to you guys is, what do you think? moving from Saturday to Sunday. <laughs> has, has it ever affected us, really? I don't what, think what, it would. What day would, the show airs on? Would, would it you guys? I, I don't think it would. Um, the only thing I would say, if it was if it was while something like Game of Thrones was running, it might be, you know, not good for the show. Oh, yeah. Um, but but the fact that, you know, Game of Thrones isn't coming back next, next year sometime, uh, Sunday is kind of... I guess uh, to Game of Thrones credit, like Sunday has become the I don't know the time to, <laughs> to sit in front of the TV and watch some big epic uh, uh, television show, and that's that's kind of the direction it looks like they might be taking. Uh, that just you made me think of something, but isn't The Walking Dead? Doesn't it come back in October? Uh, Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> but, know? but 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 let's just assume maybe it does, and if it does. It could be they're competing for the time, time, same time slot in the U.S. Interesting. Yeah, but uh, television has become so asynchronous now for most people that I, I, I think that the, the day on which shows air uh, has become, I don't know, largely irrelevant. I, I, yeah. I, 
Hmm. I, I do agree with that. Um, but I think most of these Sunday showings have been become more of a social gathering events. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause I know several people who go to somebody's apartment or house to watch, uh, Insecure or whatever HBO show you want to name yeah. on Sundays. So it, wow. it's, it's very much shifted to more of maybe a party viewing experience. Mm-hmm. But, but, but like you said, otherwise, you know, you watch it when you get to it. <laughs> right. Good point. I do know from a logistics of this podcast point of view, that's one less day we have to get it. Whatever you know, way we're getting it, be it Amazon, be it uh, you know, just watching it and recording it, or however we're doing it, be it uh, Apple or however, and getting it, getting that content, and being able to watch it again. Because I think we've all said we watch it the first time, and that's the the you know for fun. We watch it the second time. That's when we're taking our notes and getting ready to do our review. So we'll just have one less day if we can still do our recordings on Tuesdays like we do. So that would be the only impact immediately I would see. We'll change things up a little bit. Yep. Yeah. 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 Good point. Good point. So another thing that I saw yesterday, uh, which takes us uh, to a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, someone is joining the cast of Star Wars Episode Nine, and that someone is Matt Smith. What do you guys think? Well, he's through being Prince Philip now, so I, I know he's <laughs> he's available for other work. <laughs> um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what <laughs> anything can happen in this next Star Wars movie. Anything at all. <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just don't want him. I I want this next Star Wars movie to be really, 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 really good, and I don't yeah. want him to be attached to something that's going to tarnish Matt Smith's well, reputation. Clarence, what do you think? I'm in Star Wars. He was in the Terminator. Come on, that movie wasn't great. Oh, well, so, that's true, I mean, too. Yeah, he can't do any true. worse. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. I had completely <laughs> forgot about that. And he was in something about uh, uh, Shakespeare and zombies or Pride, Pride and Prejudice and zombies. So, yeah, he's okay. Never mind. <laughs> Forget that. All right. Uh, another thing that I have for for the news. Yesterday, let's see, today's Wednesday. Um Monday, um, no, actually it was Sunday. Sunday afternoon, I was on my way driving to, uh, Birmingham. I played a couple of something I bought with Humble Bundle. I think we may all have at one point. It was some Doctor Who audio dramas, and it was actually the first time I had listened to any of them. And this is just as a side note. I listened to part one and part two. It was a, of a eight, eighth Doctor story. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, I, I listened to those and I wanted more Eighth Doctor. Yeah. He did a fantastic job, hands down. Fantastic. Yeah. Some people call Paul McGinn the, 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 the audio doctor, uh, because obviously he's had more audio adventures than he had on screen, but, uh, <laughs> it's just, um, uh, he really does have a, a wonderful voice and he's gotten some great scripts in those shows. So. Yeah. Well, I didn't know what I was going to think, and I mm. just found myself saying, "Oh crap! Is that all of it?" Yeah. You know, I wanted to have a little bit more. More. So the last thing I have is just a bit of sad news. I want to just kind of mention the passing of Michael. I believe his last name is Pickwood 
production designer who oversaw the series from Matt Smith's first Christmas story until the end of Peter Capaldi's era on Twice Upon a Time. He worked on 71 episodes of the series designing the new TARDIS interior for the 11th and 12th Doctors, as well as several uh, episodes of the spinoff series Class. So, you know, uh, thank him for his contributions and, you know, uh, condolences to his family. Wait, no kidding. We've certainly seen his work everywhere. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, gentlemen, are you ready to get into our review? Oh, yeah. All righty. So, for anyone listening, if you have not seen The Runaway Bride, which is the 2006 series uh, of Doctor Who's Christmas special, of course, it aired on the 25th of December, 2006. If you've not seen this, put us on pause, because from henceforth, spoilers. 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 All right, gentlemen, the spoiler warning has gone out. So let's do our first impressions, what we think about it at the very beginning, what we think. And I'll go first, actually, this time. I feel bad. And I feel bad because I did not, for whatever reason, like Donna Noble at the beginning and watching it again. Gosh darn it. This would. So that's my overall summary at the beginning. So Clarence, what about you? What do you think? Hmm. I, I, I very much enjoyed it. Um, as, as much as the story is about Donna, Donna Noble, it's really about Rose too and how the doctor moves on you know um we're going to get into it but all these moments of of remembrance reflection and then this is kind of him just trying to <laughs> trying to move on from from uh, a companion that he absolutely loved okay mm-hmm. lee what do you think uh i i've always been a big fan i i uh, uh these are my two favorite christmas specials are uh christmas invasion and uh Runaway Bride. So uh, I, I knew I was going to enjoy this, and I, I wasn't disappointed. <laughs> All right. So let's look at the very beginning. We see at the beginning how the bride, as she's called, goes from being in the church to being on the TARDIS. What were your thoughts of that first interaction, mainly from the idea that she thinks that she's been kidnapped? So Clarence, what about you? What do you think? What what were your thoughts of that first? Um, I thought it was fun, and I think it was maybe a foreshadowing for the rest of the episode because, to me, this episode was just meant to be fun. Um, I talk about Ant Man and the Wasp being the palate cleanser of um of Infinity War. I kind of <laughs> feel like this episode was like, huh, what could we do after such you know a, a sad end to to Rose's journey? And let's just have a fun romp. And that's kind of uh, what I felt about this. And especially in that first interaction, uh, it was they were just setting it up. <laughs> you had a lot of jokes, a lot of laughs in this episode. So that's how I felt about it. All right. Lee, what about you? Yeah, exactly. I, I couldn't I don't think I could put it better than uh, than Clarence did. It, it is. It's it's the palate cleanser. And uh, and, and more appropriate, I guess, for uh, the, the family day for a show that's for Christmas. Let's do something. It's fun and funny. And uh, yeah, let's have, let's have a noted uh, comedy star as the companion, but put her in real peril. 
But, yeah. you know, is, isn't that, is it, wouldn't that be interesting? Yeah. And, uh, and, and toward the end of this story, some real darkness too. Uh, a reminder that the doctor is pissed off <sighs> and, um, which makes sense, you know, so, so we haven't forgotten the Rose story by any means, yeah. but, but, but it isn't, um, uh, it isn't wrapped up in it anyway. So was that your experience too? Is that what you, yeah, that was totally, um, you know, what I thought the biggest thing that I kind of took away that I thought was insightful this time watching it was, you know, we know from being a fan or watching it being a viewer, we know who the doctor is, but I've never put myself in those shoes of thinking, what if I was that person who just all of a sudden materialized? I'm sitting in my apartment and the next thing I know, I'm standing in, uh, this alien looking, well, I don't know where I'm at. You mm-hmm. would think that you're, you, that you're abducted. Absolutely. And the, the point when she picks up Rose's, uh, sweater. Oh, yeah. I, that would kind of freak me out too, thinking, okay, are you about to kill me too? How many women have you abducted? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was yes. pretty good. Yes. Very good. So, um, you know, we see them, they're interacting and they're having this banter back and forth. What do you think of her interaction with him specifically when they are getting out of the TARDIS? And she never actually, I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, she never says it's bigger on the inside. She just gets out and kind of freaks out. So, Lee, what what was your thought there? We're always looking for that moment. You know, we always want to hear what somebody's going to say. And they almost always say exactly the same thing. Um, a joke we'll play on in the next episode. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, she doesn't say it at all. She just screams, which is, you know, not a... That's that's not uh, an out of line reaction at all. So, so Clarence, what was your favorite part of, before we get to the Ragnos Queen? If you had one specific part that was your favorite, what would that have been? Yeah, yeah. Before I get to that, I'll just make a comment to that last um, uh, question you had, um, when she realized it was obviously bigger on the inside. Oh yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> she, she, no, no, it's fine. Uh, she's already said called him a Martian, and she knows he's an alien or whatever. But <laughs> at that point, she chooses to run away. Yeah. <laughs> like he's like an alien. Is, is that is that what's going to really freak you out to run away? You just saw space. Yes. <laughs> right. Maybe it was a combination of all those things. <laughs> <laughs> it's the last straw. Yeah, I've had yeah. it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, favorite moment? Um, man, I don't know if I can quote all the jokes. I think the jokes were just fantastic. I think that's what I love the best. Um, uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going 10 pin bowling. What do you think, Dumbo? You know, <laughs> stuff like that. I mean, it was just, it was chocked full of these, you know, one liners that were just freaking hilarious. And, you know, I just felt their interaction with each other was just comedy gold. They just worked so well together. And, um, and a lot of sad moments too in this episode. And, and I think maybe if I pick, uh, maybe not my favorite, but, but just sadness of how, uh, Donna has been in this relationship with Lance and, and and for the most part, you know, pretty much Lance is just using her. I just I just I felt felt my heart sink a little bit in such a fun episode uh, to to feel for Don in that moment. So that maybe that was my I don't know if that was my favorite, but maybe most memorable. Memorable. All right. So Lee, what about you? What was your takeaway before the Ragnos Queen? 
What was your favorite or most memorable part of this story? Oh, the reason I always point to this as being an episode that I love, it's the chase down the highway. I... I just remember I was standing up and cheering and when I saw that the first time and I look forward to it every time. I, 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 I've just watched that sequence over and over again. I just love it. And uh, especially the, the kids in the backseat of the, the car that's also on the highway <laughs> with them who are, who are watching this whole thing and can't believe their eyes. But, um, but yeah, and more funny byplay while it's happening, you know. Yeah. Come on and jump. I'm in my wedding dress. Yes, you look lovely. Jump. <laughs> yeah. you- you know, the reason that I ask that question like that, because it sounds like I'm almost trying or I was almost trying to wrap up the conversation and it totally wasn't what I was doing. What I was <laughs> wanting to do was to use the responses that you two guys just gave as an example of perfect chemistry that those two had, you know, mm. the doctor and Donna how well in just a one-off episode as we knew it to be at that point. You know, you see him interact with other companions for a one-episode time that I don't even remember hardly anything about. But even before, whether I didn't like Donna until she come came back, the character was memorable. And I just think that that is interesting how... That just happened to happen. He was the right actor playing the part. She was the right actress that came in. But it was obvious that the two of them had a banter or worked well together, I guess. Absolutely. So I want to go back to now something that is in the beginning of the story. What did you guys think of? And this leads into the chase, Lee, that you were talking about. The robot Santas, were we happy to see them again or were we kind of like, oh, no, not them again? (laughs) Are we going to do this every Christmas? Yeah. What did you guys think? I was not really happy to see them. I was like, haven't we done this before? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's what came to my mind immediately. Yeah, I was too. I was like, okay. And actually, what what I remember thinking from that time was, okay, let's be a little bit more original. Been there, done this. But yeah. And if we wanted to get real serious about it, weren't they supposed to be somehow in the employ of the Sycorax? Yes. So, so does that mean they all got left behind, or I don't know? Or maybe it just doesn't. Maybe it doesn't help to add, to to think about it too much. But well, uh, they they did they did say at some point. I think this was when they were at the reception. The doctor made some comment about they have been reprogrammed. Someone is controlling mm. them. That's right. Reprogrammed. Mm. Interesting. So, well, yeah, but it, it does have continue in any case, uh, uh, Russell D. Davies joke about uh, taking something beloved from Christmas and making it uh, making it terrible. <laughs> so there's the killer Santas. And then in, in last year, there was the killer Christmas tree. Uh, so, now it's the killer Christmas uh, ornaments. Now they're killer Christmas ornaments. And then when we finally see the Empress of the Ragnosh, there's a Christmas star that kills. <laughs> So yeah. it just so you, it, we get it, you know. <laughs> so, but you do wonder how long you could go on with that. Huh? How, yeah. So another uh, another thing that I noticed, um, you know, before I want to talk about Lance in just a minute, uh, but I, I want to comment really quickly on one of the things that was part of the sad parts, and it was <clears throat> my reminder that the doctor sometime can not realize how 
cold he's being to someone just by being the doctor. And what I mean by that is he says it's weird. You're not special. You're not powerful. You're not uh, any in any way important. Whenever he's, you know, he's it's like he's thinking out loud. And then mm-hmm. you see Donna's face. It's like you're basically telling me I'm nothing. And yeah. and it's and it's played in an inquisitive way. It's like you know, like you just said, he's thinking out loud. He's trying to figure this out. But you know, <laughs> to poor Donna, it's like, geez, guy. And uh, and and, and it doesn't get better for for the rest of the episode because man. Ugh. But, Which really helps to balance how caustic she is. Yeah. For for us to feel to feel sympathy for for her. <laughs> and it's it's a very delicate balance. We don't want to hate the doctor. But yeah. but we know that he can he can be dispassionate like that, that he, he says things that, you know, he's not thinking about how the humans around him will respond to it. He does it again at the reception too, and she's saying, Hey, there are people here who are hurt. You're supposed to be a doctor. And he says, you know, looking at the big picture. Yeah. And I, I I felt like he did it early on when um, they made the comment that they had missed the wedding. And and, and she said, if only we had a time machine. And he kind of just uh, says, oh, we can't go back on our own timeline, which I'm like, they do it all the time, don't they? Am I just wrong? <laughs> no. And he even tells himself that at some point in, in our watching future, he tells himself that we do, but we break the you know, we cross our own personal stream all the time. Mm-hmm. So um, I do have to give Donna credit for her response, basically saying something to the effect. So this per- other person, did she smack you across the face right before you? Le- uh, she left you or something to that effect? Yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> but now what was brutal was Lance. And my question to you guys was, when you were watching this, did either of you ever buy this relationship as genuine or or did you mistrust him from the very beginning? I wondered what was going on because it was clear that she that that she was the aggressor there. And it made me wonder, so why would he agree to this? Why is he walking down the aisle with her? I don't you know, mm. I, I did wonder there's got to be something else going on. So I was relieved when it turned out that there was. Yeah, I mean, up up until uh, Lance made the reveal of his true intentions, to me, he just felt like Mickey uh, 2.0, um, mm. especially like when he ran at first. But, you know, obviously he was he was uh, working for Ragnos. Um I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's, it just made Donna seem so desperate. And I didn't. And, and to your point earlier, Lee, maybe it was it was meant to uh, make us have sympathy for her. But, man, she just felt so desperate in this episode. And it was quite sad. It is. Yeah, I, I, I do think that's uh, that that works so that we'll we'll really care about her. She's not just somebody who's unpleasant and we don't want to have anything to do with her. Hmm. Um, so my thought, you know, I kept trying to, as I was watching this, pinpoint what it was about Donna that I did not like initially and the best thing that i can come up with is i didn't like how they kept referring to to her as oh well i had a hangover that day or oh i was scuba diving and i know it plays yeah. into her story <laughs> later um, yeah you know so and i get that but again we didn't know there would be more donna at this time and that i think is what i didn't like is she, how could anybody be so oblivious 
yeah, and then Lance laying it on. You're so thick. You're so thick, which I had to look up. I'm like, what does that mean? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, you can context clue it there, but I did look it up. Um, yeah, he's just so brutal to her and, and calling her dumb. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny to see how we'll see in future episodes how they spin it to where actually she's very intelligent, very smart. I wonder if they have uh, second thoughts about what they did in this episode. Hmm. Lee, what do you think? Hmm. No, I, I really, it, it's social satire, I think, in a way. I mean, we, I feel like I know people who, who are truly oblivious. You, you just, every now and then you want to say, what well, you know, uh, so who are you voting for in the next presidential election? I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. <laughs> what? You, what do you mean you have, you know? Um, yeah, it happens. I, 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 yeah, there are people you just want to just just you just have to hold on to the side of your head and and say, "Wow!" And they are walking and talking. They've got a driver's license, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, 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 I. So yeah, she's she's just one of those people. But but yeah, once she becomes a companion, spoiler, she that will be totally redeemed and then flipped back on itself again, which I, yeah. I just think is uh, masterful and tragic heartbreaking and tragic. Yes. So um, I want to go back. Uh, Lee, you actually shared something in our private chat that I think really, really, really cool that uh, there, it was the scene where the doctor uses the sonic screwdriver to, I'm not going to say steal. He just borrowed some currency <laughs> He is after yeah. he is a consort of the queen after all. I'm just not saying which you know which maybe queen? not the current queen. Put the money in the bag. <laughs> yeah. So, so having said that, um, you want to tell everybody that might not know a little bit of what's going on with that currency. I, I thought this was lovely, and, and this may be something that everybody knows, but I, I just remember uh, at the time, um, if you uh, were following the BBC uh, websites and so on about the about the show, they made public the art that had been created by the the, uh, the Doctor Who art department for that all that money that comes flying out because it it couldn't be a literal duplicate of a, of ten pound notes or something. I mean that's that's fraud <laughs> and would of course create all kinds of confusion. Um, so they made something that will look as it goes shooting past the camera, like 10 pound notes. But if you can ever stop and look at one of them closely, they have David Tennant's picture on them. Uh, ah. and, uh, and I hope we can, we can uh, put this in a, uh, we can, we can put this on the website. Or yeah, something we will. Uh, and it's out there. I um, love it's, it's what it, it says. <laughs> it says, yeah, it's a 10 Satsuma note for one thing. And, uh, Instead of the little crown, it has uh, uh, a TARDIS. And uh, the quote on it is, uh, no second chances, I'm that sort of man. Yes. Yeah. I mean, what do we think about the overall concept of the doctor possibly stealing, borrowing money? Well, he gave it away. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> but he still, yeah, it still came from the bank. Yeah, and it, that's a lot of money. Yeah. He's going to flood the street with it. Um yeah, I mean. Uh, okay, he, so let me ask you this: care. If Prince Philip walked up to the Bank of London or the Bank of England or whatever and said, right. "Give me a hundred pounds," would they right. give it to him? It's a good question. And I and I don't hey, know that either. We're going to be a country of laws or not. I'm holding right. quotes in the air right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I probably won't forget or remember to do that, so you better remind me. Just leave it alone. 
But 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 I think it, it it's cool nonetheless. I mean, whether it's ten Satsumas or ten pounds, it's still cool. But I really wouldn't mind knowing, Dave Cooper, if you're listening, could uh, the Queen's consort go to the bank and just get money? And if that is true, then he didn't steal anything because he is eventually a Queen's consort. Yeah. 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 I don't think that gives you a blank check to do whatever you want. I don't think so either, but um, yes. may, maybe because he's the 10th doctor, he gets to get as many 10 pounds. I don't know. Well, is, is it different from him playing with the lottery, which he has done on at least two occasions? Yes. Where he, 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 he went ahead to find out what the winning number was and then went back and bought it so he could give it to somebody else. Um, mm-hmm. So... <laughs> It's, it's, it's not the same, is it? That's not money in the bank. That's well, But his intentions are good. Yeah. It'd be like, uh, I procure this car in the name of the law. I have to well, follow this assailant. To- that's true. It's a little more like that, isn't it? Yeah. He, he, yeah. he, he commandeered 100,000 pounds. In okay. Yeah. So, Lee Shackelford, did you not once yeah. one time say that as long as you hear a good explanation, yes. then uh, you're satisfied? That's right. All right. I'm going to give you a good explanation. Yeah. He and, and and at some point in the future realized that that particular bank was stealing money from their customers. Oh God! And yes. he in turn went to that bank specifically to use that and was basically giving back to the customers that were they're, being stolen. They're you, ill-gotten you, gains. You can't use the kill baby Hitler excuse here. Come on, man. <laughs> No, I just used the Wells Fargo well, excuse. Well, why not? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, I'll buy it. Uh, okay, cool. Um, so moving on from Lance, uh, one thing I do want to say before uh, Queen of the Rachnos, another thing that Donna did that was totally hilarious was when they get back to the reception hall, Everyone is dancing. Everyone's having a good time. Neris is dancing with uh, Lance. And do we ever figure out who exactly Neris is? Just from context. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, because she, you know, she shows up again in series four. And uh, I don't think they've ever established who exactly Neris is. But we first hear her name in the TARDIS uh, when Donna's trying to figure out what's going on. She says, Neris did this, didn't she? This yes. Is it's just the kind of thing she'd do. Yeah. And after figuring out what Lance is all about, maybe Neris is in on it. You know, maybe, maybe she knows so. what's going down. That's interesting. Yeah. Maybe but, so. Um, I want to mention really quick, speaking of Donna's family, you know, I think it's Really interesting that they were able to, A, get Neris to come back for one more episode after that years later, but also that, you know, this was someone hired just like Catherine Tate for a one-off story, with but with Jacqueline King coming back as uh, Donna's mother, Sylvia, again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No word of what happened to her father, but... Uh... Oh, so yeah. ah, so you so you don't know the story behind that. I was like, "Where's Wilfred at the wedding?" Yes, that's true. Why isn't Wilf? He wasn't. Why wasn't he invited? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have to presume it's because the character hasn't been created yet. Is <laughs> the only reason. Well, originally Wilfred. Okay, okay, cool. I know something that y'all don't. This is cool. Okay, so originally Wilfred, the character Wilfred, was not written as Donna's grandfather. 
And when they shot the partners in crime where Donna returns, the father was actually in the story, but the actor who played the father passed away. So since they were needing the char- a character to be, you know, for the full duration of series four, then they reshot those scenes with the father that, um, that, and add Wilf in there and make him her grandfather. Very nice. We, which actually, which actually, if adds another level of context, context, excuse me, to the end of time part two and that scene with, uh, um, Sylvia and, uh, Wilf and the, uh, ticket. So, you know, I won't say anything else. Don't want to spoil anything, but it right. adds another level knowing how the actor who played the part, you know, passed away. So there is another version of partners in crime evidently somewhere out there or on the cutting room floor that has Donna's father in it. Interesting. Very interesting. Mm. I want to say something else about the reception before we get away from that. Oh. Um, after uh, Donna regains control of the situation with some expert fake crying and tosses a little wink at the doctor, which uh, it, it, it marks a sort of a turning point, I think, in their relationship is that now she no longer sees him as being outside of what she's up to. But she's she's now created an inner circle that includes him by uh, giving him that little wink. And uh, I, I always like that. And really, from that moment on, they're they're together instead of her trying to get away from him. Um, but um, and of course, he did just save her from uh, Robot Santa. But <laughs> the what happens once the the DJ starts up again is we hear the song "Love Don't Roam," which uh, Murray Gold wrote as uh, um, you know with the hope of it being a hit single, and it did get oh. some single play in uh, in the UK. So there's actually been several recordings of it, and I have two different versions of it. Ah. Oh, wow. Uh, but I love, love, love this song. Um, and I just, I always wish it had been a bigger hit, I guess. Or, or maybe it's, it's, it's better. But what I love is that the lyric, it can be sort of generally applied. It could be about anybody, but it also seems to us to be pretty clearly about the doctor uh, and about Rose. And so that's what's playing while he sees um, a, a woman dancing who's got long blonde hair and he just has to look away. Yeah. Um, I uh, love that little moment, but yeah, the song is Love Don't Roam, and it's uh, it's cool. It's, I, I really enjoy it. I've so, got a fantasy of some Doctor Who convention where they're doing karaoke, and I can sing Love Don't Roam. <laughs> so, so on the question of uh, on the reception, um, is it customary for the reception to go on when somebody leaves <laughs> during the wedding, or was it that they detected that something fishy was going on because she so miraculously disappeared? Uh, I, I found it very strange that everyone's just having a good time while, you know, Donna's lost somewhere. Well, so uh, did Donna. <laughs> you had the reception without me. Yeah. I don't think that's, I've never run into that scenario, but, um, yeah, I don't think that's what you're supposed to do. And yep. then they were mean to her. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> but who's to say that this is not the first time that Donna's gotten lost? Well, <laughs> I mean, maybe the first time she's ever disappeared and yeah. actual from actual sight. Right. But uh, maybe not the first time she's gotten lost. <laughs> but what was it? Didn't didn't our mother say? But we've already paid for it. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but Clarence, I think you're right. That was a little weird to say the least. <laughs> 
It, yeah, it's it's funny because it's surprising. It's like, guys, really? <laughs> and yeah. and and the groom, of course, is over there dancing with Neris. Like, <laughs> he's moved time. on. Yeah, yeah, really quick, really quick. So let's say that he hadn't moved on to or from his true love of the series. Let's say or the episode, which just was weird. Um, the Queen of the Rachnos. <laughs> Visually, what did you Impress. guys think of her? Or the Empress, if you, that's what yes. she, what would you, what did you guys think of her? <laughs> I still can't decide what I think about that, that, that design because she has a lot of eyes as she, as she would because she's kind of a spider. Um, but two of them are very human eyes and she has a very human face. So yeah, it's, it, it is kind of, um, oh, what's, how shall we say it? Love and monsters ish. Mm, ouch. Clarence, what do you think? Um, I don't know. I didn't think, I didn't think it was horrible. Um, uh, honestly, during the course of the episode, I really didn't, it really just jumped out at me as being just bad. But I guess maybe it was seeing the starship, <laughs> the star shaped ship. <laughs> it was kind of spidery looking and webby looking already. So maybe I was set up for that to, to, to see that look. So I don't know. I, it yeah. didn't jump out at me as being bad uh but maybe if i go back and look now i'd be like oh <laughs> so for me for some reason the way she moved reminded me of how and i think it was the mummy returns the rock looked as the scorpion king and uh the mummy returns it looked cool then but but you know the special effects didn't look as good now as she just moved weird and the whole concept or the look of She's literally a spider woman, quite literally, was just, I don't know, I hate spiders. So just the concept of her being a big, huge spider was just gross to me. <laughs> As it should be, yeah. Okay, well, then it made, it met its uh, desired goal because yeah, she was gross. Minotaur-esque. Yeah. But so, I will say, uh, no, go ahead. Just, 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 uh, I know Lee talked about the chase sequence earlier, but just since you're talking about the look of, uh, uh Ragnos, I said the special effects in that chase scene, I thought it was freaking phenomenal. Even looking at today, I thought it looked very realistic and, and, and played very well on screen. I thought it looked great. I agree. Yeah. I love the fact that throughout it, from whenever we go from Donna's point of view and we're looking back at the TARDIS, you can see the whole big TARDIS interior behind mm-hmm. the doctor and it, and it's moving in perspective with him, which is, I think I know how they did that, but I'm not sure. But it's very <laughs> impressive anyway. It just well, it had to be a fun shoot. Oh, yeah. That must have been probably kind of scary, but yeah. Well, that's one of the few times, because think about it. We don't often see the TARDIS in flight. I mean, right. we've seen the TARDIS in space, but we don't you know, see the TARDIS in terrestrial view flying. It's, we've seen right. it being carried. We've seen it, you know, crashing but we don't often see it hovering and flying like we did with no and uh, and then later he says what what is the line he says you you know for a spaceship she doesn't really like traveling in space <laughs> <laughs> maybe so what about let's go back to the the queen really quick or the empress what did you guys think let's get over how she looked did you find some of her dialogue just to be a little bit kind of over the top <laughs> She is a very cartoon villain, isn't she? She's yeah. yeah. I guess I didn't have a problem with that. It's, it's I guess it's the kind of villain you expect in a in a Christmas story. Mm, true, true. It's 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 always it's always more of a fairy tale 
um, than uh, than other episodes of the year. So, Clarence, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to you know wrap up on the uh, whole Queen uh, Empress woman thing, Spider Woman, that Spider Spider <laughs> Spider Lady. Um, the whole thing at the end of what she's trying to accomplish, what she's trying to do, and what the doctor did. What were your thoughts on that? What 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 general ideas, thoughts, or whatever did you have? Well, I just take it back to the concept of in looking at the sciencey part of it that I thought was really cool of going back to the creation of, of Earth and how this ship I'm guessing that had her children, she keeps saying, her people mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. Uh, was the first rock, the first big rock to start that gravity well to start the formation of the planet. I just thought that was <laughs> a, a beautiful concept. And I, I love how they showed it in, in the show. And, um, yeah, that one will make you think a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a cool idea, isn't it? Yes. Yes. A beautiful yeah. idea. Sort yeah. of suggests the reason we're here is because of the, the egg sack of the Empress of the Ragnos. That's yes. <laughs> otherwise the planet wouldn't. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So from, so, so for me, you took it as this is so beautiful. This is wonderful. My thought was I was looking at it from Donna's eyes. And in that moment, I think that was the moment watching this again. It was like, that is the Donna that I know and love because she is standing in the beginning of the planet from which she is born and she does not run away. And, and to me, that was the beautiful part that I saw. Now for the science part of it. Yes. I saw the whole, um, you know, they're bringing in the, um, gravity and it's the rock and everything. But my brain again does not like spiders. And I'm thinking the freaking core of the earth is nothing but a, Sack full of uh, <laughs> full of spiders. spiders. <laughs> yes, yeah. Was it dreams, kiddies? Yeah, but you got to think from Donna's perspective. Uh, she's just been told um, uh, what Atlantis say: being the the being being Ragnos's consort is better than a night night with Donna Noble. You know, yes. so she's coming into this moment with a very heavy heart, uh, so to speak, and she is just not feeling it at first, but. You know, she can't she can't uh, turn away from the magnificent things she was seeing. And the doctor pulls her own in and says, look, look at this. This is wonderful. And she she jumps on board. Yeah. Yep. That that to me is the birth of the Dr. Donna at that mm-hmm. moment. That is that is when Donna Noble starts to become the Dr. Donna. So yeah. um, what do we think of what the doctor did? Ultimately burning, destroying the, uh, egg sac as it is. Yeah, it's a very interesting moment for him and, and sort of for our understanding of the character is that we, we want him to uh, not let, uh, the Ragnos, uh, take over the earth. Um, but he, I, I, I've always thought it very interesting that, that he, he, he wants to, he wants to terminate with extreme prejudice, as mm-hmm. I think the expression is. And Donna is in that moment, I think, really afraid of him, as she should be. This is why Torchwood was created, right? So, uh, and she's the one who has, she says, that's enough. You can stop now. And he acknowledges later that that's, that's good. Is, is, is that, that's not until next year, right? Or did he say that in Runaway Bride? Mm, No, he didn't say, when she said, somebody needs to stop you, he didn't say anything. Yeah, yeah, he just did. But, but yeah, but, 
yeah, spo- minor spoiler, but yeah, <laughs> in, in the future, he's going to say, you know, that that's good, that he needs somebody to stop him. Yes, yes, he needs somebody. That's I think that was the whole point. And and if you go back to um, the ninth doctor and, and the, the big freaking gun moment on Dalek, I mean, mm-hmm. same thing. Yes. Um, you There always has to be that companion there to um, to balance him out, mm-hmm. <laughs> because in. In in my mind, I don't think he thought that he was doing anything wrong. He was uh, fixing a situation that could be potentially harmful to everyone. But he has to be someone there to keep him from going too far. Um, yeah. So here here was the two things that I took away from watching that for the for the uh, Spider Woman herself. No matter how campy she was, no matter how spidery she might have looked, there was. The actress, the voice acting the actress did in that scene did make you uneasy a little bit, or at least it did me, because of the whole, my children, my children. And then uh, even even though she did get into the star again and was going to kill them all, you did have that one moment of you kind of, or I kind of felt bad for her thinking, well, your, your children... You're losing your your children. Yeah, yeah, it's still true. So, uh, so that was that was uh, you know one thing that I took away from it. The other thing, when he is standing there watching, for some reason, every time I watch this, I do not see David Tennant's tenth uh, Doctor. It's almost like he's channeling the sixth doctor. I see Colin Baker in his prime in the multicolored coat, but it's, <laughs> it just seems so much to me like this is a act that the sixth doctor would. That's interesting because I, I, I'd never thought about it that way, but, but that immediately rings true to me is that the, the, one of the things that made the sixth doctor who he was is that he is very much a law unto himself. And he doesn't have to explain himself to other people, not even to Perry. He just does what he does. And uh, I think you're right. That's that's a that's a very interesting insight. And if you look at it from the perspective of they're all the same person, then it's kind mm-hmm. of cool that you at least for somebody that's watched, you know, and that's the, the, the brilliance of this. You can watch it as the 10th Doctor and have mm-hmm. totally no context of the six and it'd be fantastic. Or you can sit here and go, wow, that just made me feel like that was the sixth doctor. And it's still hold up either way. Yeah. So uh, one thing that I noticed watching it this time, and maybe it was because I had the closed caption on, I did not realize that there was a reference, however brief, calling orders from Mr. Saxon, fire mm-hmm. at will. Indeed. Yeah, I noticed Mr. That. Saxon. What did you guys think of that? Just kind of cool or what? It's uh, apart from um, um, the newspaper in uh, Love and Monsters. This is our first official Saxon, right? I think so. Clarence, what, I mean, don't you agree? Yeah, I mean, it, was, it was okay. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, I think this is, uh, again, I'm glad we're going back and watching these because I think this is one time again that we see that um, – RTD, Russell T. Davies, is doing a great job, sometimes even more than what we knowingly remember, of intertwining and making this into a long game story from the very beginning. Like, for instance, this Harold Saxon that started last season, 
that doesn't even get realized until the end of this season. Yeah. And, and, and I will say it, it does seem like they're starting to beat us over the head a little bit too much with Torchwood. Um, <laughs> this is the first time I felt that. I'm like, man, Torchwood again? <sighs> Go watch our other show. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, did we, did we mention Torchwood? <laughs> yeah. Oh, let and me no call Sarah, Sarah Jane. Jane. See how exactly. Yeah. No, no, we don't mention Sarah Jane. Let's hey, mm. talk about that. Yeah. Why is that? Why is that? That's a, I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Why? Yeah. Why would they talk about one of the spinoffs, but not the other? Well, had that spinoff because didn't Torchwood happen before Sarah Jane? Uh, I don't know. It may, yeah, but it, it may have. But even in the context of when it did air, I don't think unless I just missed it, I don't think there were pretty a lot of references to the show, if any. Oh, oh they did. They did. Well, well, yeah, they obviously had their own for a show or two. But they had them because the doctors appeared on that well, show. Well, I'm talking about the other way around, though. I, I knew they were on, on her show, but I was just try, trying to think in the Doctor Who proper. Yeah. Did they talk about as much as they talked about Torchwood? No, 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 no. You're, yeah. you're, you're right. They did not as much, nearly as much. They did have Luke on as well as Sarah on Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, just but, for a minute. But, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had to look it up. Um, it, uh, Torchwood started in 2006 and Sarah Jane Adventure started in 2007. Gotcha. 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 Huh. So at the time of this Christmas special, they're, they're, they're. Yeah. Sarah Jane. No Sarah Jane Adventures yet. So. They may have started, I mean, you know, started pr- production, but. It, they were, yeah. They, yeah. There were certainly plans and they, so they could have teased that, but, uh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. All right, so gentlemen, before we go to the very ending uh, and talk about the ending conversation between uh, Donna and the Doctor, any other moments that stood out that you guys want to talk about? Hmm. Uh, what are the things called? The Heons, or I can't remember what they're called. The, the particle things? Yes, the Heons, yeah. Heons, yeah. Yeah, um, I thought that was a pretty cool concept of, uh-huh. of, how, of how they they made sense of her being pulled into the TARDIS. Uh, and man, just Lance just gets on my nerves. Just feeding the girl coffee. He won, he won coffee to, to get her amped up with these particles in her body. I thought it was just horrible. Just horrible. <laughs> Jeez, Lance. He's the worst. Yeah. Man. And he, and he gets what he deserves. I mean, he does. It's hard to. <laughs> <sighs> mm. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, I so want to make a Marvel Netflix joke, but I'm just not going to go there. Mm. So, um, but yeah, um, you know, it, it, it just goes again to show how slimy he was. I mean, that's just the only word I can give him. He was just slimy. Indeed. But she, and, and you know, and, and it also, um, says something, I think, Clarence, about her character. Even after all the things he said to her, after all the things he did to her, you know, she, she says something like, well, he deserved it. And then she says, no, no, he really didn't. Yeah. Yep. She has a heart. Well, she that's does. it. Yeah. And really, yeah, nobody deserves that. I mean, yeah. So, yeah. Sure. So, uh, Lee, did you have anything else before we get into that final scene with the two? Yeah. Nothing, nothing, nothing is leaping to mind. Eh? All right. Well, then let's get right to that final scene. And that is when the doctor inevitably says, do you want to go with me? And she turns him down. Do you guys remember when you first watched it? Did you think she might say yes? 
shout. Am I ever going to see you again? If I'm lucky. Just promise me one thing. Find someone. I don't need anyone. Yes, you do. Because sometimes I think you need someone to stop you. Thanks then, Donna. Good luck. And just... Be magnificent. I think I will. Yeah. Doctor. Oh, what is it now? That friend of yours. What was her name? Her name was Rose. We already had an announcement about Martha at that point, but I don't. Hmm. I don't know. Where about well, you, no. Clarence? Well, well, you probably had Kyle probably sitting there going, "Oh, but wait, just wait till you meet Martha Jones. Just mm. wait till you meet." Yeah, I don't quite remember. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I can certainly see people thinking that she would remain on the show, but but just shocking almost to see that she'd turn them down. And and you see, kind of see the doctor moving on quickly when she says no. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't want the feels. I'm gonna move on real quick. <laughs> but the funniest thing now, this was when we talked comedy. The funniest part is she can yell so loud that she calls him back through space and time. Because remember, he's starting to dematerialize, and she yells, and then he, he was like, "Well, you can yell." <laughs> That's great. <laughs> that that uh, amounts to a superpower. Yeah. So my favorite part of this story was at at the end where she she asked, will I ever see you again? And the doctor says, if I am lucky. And then she goes on to say, find someone. And the doctor basically says, I don't need anyone. And she says and something we've already referred to. I think you do, because sometimes I think you need someone to stop you. OK, that that's where that line was. Yes. Yeah. How interesting that she said that. I, and I don't know why I want to call it interesting, but just how interesting that she said you need someone to stop you. It's very insightful in a way that you we might not have expected from her early on to really pay that much attention to what other people are doing. And uh, and, and, it, and it's one of our first clues that there's a lot more to her than has been let on. Hmm. Yeah, and, again, and, and again, to your point that, that Donna has a heart, we just mentioned it with Lance. We mentioned it with the... Um, with, with the, uh, the babies, her babies. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, Donna uh, very much has seen the doctor kind of go there and she just, you know, from again, short, a short period thinks that, you know, he kind of needs some, somebody to decide to give him, uh, some balance. Cool. All right. Well, gentlemen, why don't we go ahead and give our review rating of what we think this particular episode ranks? So, Clarence, I'll start with you this time. What would you give one out of five or one to five? Oh, man. Uh, people don't be mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did enjoy the episode. I thought it was fun. Uh, but I'm going to land it like a 4.4. 4. 4. Okay. 4. All right. So, Mr. Shackelford, what say you? I'm going to say something like 4.7. 
you know, and I'm not even sure what, why I'm, I'm dinging three tenths of a point there, but, uh, uh, but it's funny. There are a lot of people who just cannot abide this, this Christmas special hate hmm, it. Really? And I guess this time around, I was kind of looking for it and that may have, that may have soured my experience a little bit. Like, okay, yeah, that part isn't perfect. Yeah. <sighs> but anyway, and I still, I still just thoroughly enjoy it. So anyway, yeah, I'm still going to say 4.7. Okay. I'm going to give it, I had originally said I was going to give it about a four point. And do as I usually do and go right between the two of you and say mm-hmm. 4.5. But because you said you actually changed my vote, Lee, mm. because you said what you did about some people say this was one of the worst Christmas specials. There, there are far more worse Christmas specials other than this one. That's and having said that, I'm going to give it a five out of five because it, it introduced Donna Noble and mm-hmm. it had David Tennant and I enjoyed it, and I even went back and said and apologized for disliking her the first time. So right. five out of five, because there's far worse Christmas specials. Than- and it has the TARDIS chasing a taxi down the highway. Yeah. <laughs> and exactly. And it still hold up. So, so, so overall opinion, like in the, uh, the, the Hooverse or whatever, <laughs> like where does it, where does this episode actually rank in the Christmas specials? Is it, you, know, you mentioned that. There are people that really dislike it. I mean, is it near the bottom or? Well, it's like every time I see a poll about it, it's, you know, the people who respond are either the ones who love it or the ones who hate it. So it's it's just, it kind of ranges up and down. But I just, I, I haven't, I I have personally felt like the, the Christmas specials have been a disappointment ever since these first two. I just love those two shows so much. And it's just been kind of downhill from there. So, but Mm. that's me. You know, I'm looking, this is on vulture.com and, um, I I was hoping that it was going to give, and I guess it, okay. I I don't know if, I don't know how authentic this top, uh, list is, but they rated in this particular article last Christmas from 2014 as number one, uh, twice upon a time is number two. The Husbands of River Song, number three. The Runaway Bride, number four. The Christmas Invasion, number five. The Next Doctor, uh, number six. The Doctor, the, win- the Widow and the Wardrobe, my personal least favorite, number seven. The End of Time, number eight. The Return of Doctor Mysterio, my second to the last uh, favorite, number nine. Voyage of the Dam, number ten. The Time of the Doctor, number eleven. The Snowman, number twelve. A Christmas Carol number thirteen. So, hmm. well, I forgot of, about Doctor Mysterio. I love Doctor Mysterio. Yeah, uh, that's did, right. Yeah, sorry, but it, but you did like Man of Steel. <laughs> I remember. Uh, yes. So, well, uh, uh, parts of it. Yeah. Yeah, well, parts. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, gentlemen, uh, I think we pretty much wrapped on the Runaway Bride. So, Clarence, if anyone wanted to find out other things that you're working on. Where might they go? If you're into tech, check out techpedition.com. T-C-H-P-E-D-I-T-I-O-N.com. Good deal. All right. Well, Mr. Shackelford, what say ye? As always, I'll point people towards relativitypodcast.com. And I'll do a quick shout out to uh, Discussing Trek also. I've, oh, I'm trying to catch wow. up on listening to these episodes. And Thank I just you, heard. Sir. I just, uh, yeah, I've been really enjoying listening to these here <laughs> lately. So Discussing Trek. Dot com. Cool beans. Appreciate you, sir. 
Well, anybody listening that wants to find out any other things that we are working on, you can go to DiscussingNetwork.com. So, as always, thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the show if you're not already. And also tell your friends to subscribe as well. So, without further ado, we will see you next time. You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com. Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre, they've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song. And they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant. The list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audibletrial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who. Also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that?